a lot of guys have way too much house. Like they're, they've got way too more, way too much uh, square footage. Welcome to the Red to Black podcast with your hosts, Warner and Mario. We are committed to creating better investors. Whether you are investing in yourself or another business, we show you how to find, evaluate, and buy highly profitable businesses. Create that financial freedom you have always wanted so you can do what you love. We invite you to subscribe to the channel, hit the bell notification for future updates, and share this far and wide. Thank you for taking time out of your day to engage with us. How are we saving that money? Okay, so I think there's three, the three largest expenses that guys, young guys have that they can they can attack for transportation and food. Shelter, house hacking is a real thing. Living in the back of your pickup truck up in North Dakota or Alaska, or like you're forced to do house hacking when you live overseas. Most of the assignments you'll get overseas if you work in the oil industry, military contracting world, etc., your housing's provided. So it's like this huge, you're, you're, you've eliminated about one third of your total expenses per month if you can figure out how to house, house hack. That's like the number one. I think that's probably the largest expense that guys are making other people wealthy. They're making a landlord wealthy or they're making the banks wealthy because they're paying interest plus principal on a single family house that's not cash flowing. It's, it's preventing them from getting wealthy. So the first thing to attack is shelter. A lot of guys have way too much house. Like they're, they've got way too more, way too much uh, square footage. I like how the Japanese do it. They have just enough to what, for what they need. Thoughts on that, Warner? Yeah, that ties into how you run your business. If you ran your life, say, your shelter, your transportation, food as you run your business, you would only rent or use exactly what you require. So, for example, we've talked about this before in the past, Mario. I've done construction for about 10 years. And when you really look at shelter, the main things I've seen over the years traveling and in and out of different hotels, I've lived in, I mean, you know, I've lived in various different types of shelter. They're all pretty much the same. And what it really comes down to is a comfortable bed, a place to really cook your food, and I would say a, like a really great outdoor environment. So if you can hack that like you're talking about and take that down to the smallest element possible, you can save a ton of money in that area. I think it's a great point. What about transportation? Yeah, I'm a big fan of keeping your transportation low as well. An old F-150 beat up pickup truck. I, like I said before, it provides a lot of utility and durability. You can get it used like a mid eighties, mid nineties F-150 for a couple grand. Buying a brand new truck off the, off the, off the uh, dealer parking lot is a bad idea for depreciation. I don't like cars. They're just, they're not my thing. And they, they're, there's not they're not built to last like a pickup truck is so transportation is, is another thing don't buy too much vehicle look, look at used cars look specifically at used trucks keep it let's say in, in 2021 dollars keep it to 10,000 or less buy 10 year old vehicles that are pickup trucks keep them keep them to about 10,000 or less unless you're uh unless you're becoming financially independent already uh, if you're on your if you're well on that path and you want to buy a, a newer vehicle go ahead and do that. But as you're starting off, buy a used pickup truck. Yeah, I think I think those are phenomenal points. What you're really pointing at is when you're younger, focus on smaller is better. Because since smaller is better and you're not living this baller lifestyle, right? 
you're going to be saving more money. And then as you compound that money, as we'll talk about in the rest of this podcast, then when you're 20, 30 years out, then you can go baller as much as you want. And I actually have a personal story about shelter where the, the fourplex that we're selling currently, we used to live in the house. And I remember I was doing the hedges, I was doing the grass, I was taking care of the, the sprinklers and a host of other maintenance issues. When we decided to move out of that into apartments, I suddenly freed up tons of time, even enough time where I can do this podcast with you. I mean, I have two kids, a wife, we run multiple businesses, and we have time to do this podcast because we live in a two-bedroom apartment. When we were in LA, it's so expensive, we are in a one-bedroom apartment. Now, that wasn't optimal for us. However, it taught us a lesson. You can live with less like the Japanese. I mean, I think the Japanese are are some of the best when it comes to organization and and design of their spaces. There, there's no one that does it as good. Maybe the Germans come close. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, it's kind of figuring out what you need in life and then getting your spaces that you want to have, like you want bigger spaces in your life. Use those as parks. Use those as marinas. Use those as lakes. Use those as oceans. Go to the mountains. Be in proximity to these wide open spaces. But as far as your house... You know, a guy that's maintaining 5,000 square feet or 10,000 square feet when it's just himself or his wife and a few kids, like it's just way more space than you absolutely need. If you, if you have to have that big of a house, wait until it's a rounding error in your life, wait until it's just a small percentage of your total net worth and go ahead and buy that trophy house when you're old and it doesn't matter. But when you're first starting out, look at, look at your shelter as not as not as a relaxing space, but as a place to just keep, 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 keep yourself dry, have your clothes, have minimal possessions, make some food, rest, and go back out into the world. And when you want to have that nice space, go to the mountains, go to the lake, go to the ocean, live close to a park and let somebody else maintain that big, that big wide open space. Let the, let the parks park and rec department do the mowing for you and clean the hedges and trim the trees and, and do all that. Focus on your business, save money and focus on your business. That's my thoughts on, on shelter. Yeah. So those are some really interesting points because in, in my own life with my family, what I've noticed is let's say you're going up to big Sur for the weekend and you want to rent a hotel room on one of the nicest parts of that coastline. Well, you're going to pay $500 a night to get access to that type of space. But let's say you buy like a really cheap camper or you tow a camper behind your truck, then you can park that same camper in the general vicinity of that space and pay a fraction of the cost. So you can you can also the spaces you're talking about if you have different modes of travel, which we've talked about in a prior co- podcast, you can utilize those modes of travel to place yourself nearby a five-star hotel. Or say you're in a marina in, in a small sailboat, you're, you could be next to $100 million boats, but yet you're paying for the smaller slip fee that's a w- fraction of the cost. So there's ways to hack shelter to put yourself in some of those same environments. Now, if you can't, like you're talking about, then you actually travel to the park or you travel to the beach and you live in the most minimal amount of housing because the final goal, remember for this podcast, is to maximize your cash 
and saving that cash. Being really efficient. You want to be a really efficient cash cow. What are your thoughts on the next portion of this, which is which is food? Break food down into energy. If you look at food as energy, you'll make better decisions. So we want to eat for optimal health, number one. Number two is we want to eat for energy. Maximize your energy. It's just like fuel. It's just like diesel or, or uh, gasoline. You're looking at food as it's really kilocalories. It's energy. It's, it's energy your body's going to burn to produce produce out, output. Uh, we throw Americans throw away too much food. I've I've uh, I've seen I've, I've lived around enough people to know that I could I could live off the food that most people throw away. So, not wasting food is probably the first part. Is is buy the food and eat all the food. Don't throw anything away. And second is look at every every decision in the grocery store as energy. If I buy this food, how much how much energy am I getting for these dollars? The food on the outside of the grocery store is priced pretty much at break even. All the stuff in the inside aisles is like all the marketing. It's it's lower calorie. It's lower. It's dense. It's less dense energy sources. It's lower calories per dollar you're spending, and it's really a lot of marketing and flash. What are your thoughts on that, Warner? I would probably spend a little more than most people on food, and yeah, I do. I'm working on not wasting as much food. That's definitely one of my one of my downfalls. I'm not wasting a ton, but I'm wasting a little more than I should, and I'm every day I'm getting better at it. And what I found is. Going along the lines of what you're saying is just buying exactly what you require. Don't overbuy. I'm willing to pay a little bit more for like higher quality organic food than most people because I look at is the food as an investment in my body just as saving money is an investment in my future to produce future cash flows. I'm willing to go out and spend a little bit more than the average person because I look at food energy as an investment in my body and longevity of my body. What are your thoughts on that? I concur. Organic food's the way to go, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be really that expensive. If you stick to the outside of the grocery store, a bag of organic carrots is is very appropriately priced. A bag of organic potatoes is very appropriately priced. They're, they're very low margin commodity. Even organics are, are very low margin commodities. Apples, organically well priced. When you get into some of the more exotic fruits and vegetables, and even meat, that's where it gets more expensive. But we really don't need that much meat. You need about a half a pound of meat per day, and you don't need that much fruit. And and also you can grow fruit. Fruit you can grow fruit trees very easily. You can plant some fruit trees. And I like hunting. I would much prefer to procure all my all my meat from the ocean and from wild, wild, wild hunted, hunted animals than, um, than the grocery store. But if you limit the consumption of meat and fruit, really vegetables, organic vegetables are, are absolutely priced appropriately in my opinion. Yeah, those are great points. Well said. Basically fruit, veggies, some of the more generic stuff, you can get those at great prices. It's when you're getting into, into juices, milk, cheese and meats and especially breads yeah you're definitely going to pay more for that type of stuff anything that's pickled anything that's taken the raw product and turn it into a another type of product that's going to cost more so really going along the lines of what you're saying is is buying 
the food product in its raw form and then you take it and you ferment it or you take it and you turn to bread. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We invite you to get to know us by clicking on our LinkedIn profiles in the description of this video. Please subscribe, hit the bell notification for future updates, and share this content with your networks. Thank you for your valuable time and insights. We greatly appreciate it.